0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See DKNG.comslash B ball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: It's not another Buffalo podcast, the bi weekly show hosted by three of the most underqualified sports personalities this side of the canal.
2: We're Pat, uh, and people want to hate on him, but like Matt Ryan was a generational talent. Like, say what you want. Oh, oh. The biggest comeback in Super Bowl history away from being Super Bowl champion, Matt Ryan, too.
3: Brando, hey, Pat, would you say Drew Brees or Matt Ryan is generational?
4: Both. Both have MVPs. And John, Pat, I have a question right. for you. Is Cam Newton a generational talent?
2: I mean, yes, oh! yes, oh, yes. No!
3: To say this. No. Joe Flacco not. has a Super Joe Bowl Flacco. MVP. Look at the stats, dog. He look has a Super, Super Bowl, Bowl. Look,
2: MVP. Look, look at You're, the stats. Your
3: argument said that Matt Ryan went to a Super Bowl. Joe Flacco won a Super Joe Bowl. Joe Flacco won
4: a Super Bowl, and then people would like, Joe Flacco or On Buffalo Rumblings. All right, welcome back to Not Another Buffalo Podcast. I'm John. I'm here with Pat and Brando, fresh off of their visit to training camp. I was not at training camp because I am a... Uh, other side of the country right now.
3: Other, other side of the country is your definition of your location. Interesting. <laughs> other side of the globe. Uh, yeah. That's what I would have gone with. I mean, like how many miles away
2: are you? It, it's quite a few. It's quite a few.
3: Well, John, you're far away, man. And uh, the things that happen over there are not the things that happen over here. Training camp. Uh, well, I heard
2: over there in um, the state of Alaska, they don't have any income tax, but let's talk about some dudes who are going to be paying for some roads and some school facilities out here in Erie County. Um, those Buffalo bills, you know, that definitely, <laughs> they were, they were making their salaries worth. It was pretty, it was pretty warm out there. I don't know about you, Brando. I was, I was sweating pretty hard. Um, I yeah. was, I was yeah. surprised to see Sean McDermott in full sleeves with sun hat and shirt tucked into sweatpants. I think that might've been the highlight of, um, the afternoon for me, but any takeaways from you?
3: First off, John, it's good to see you, right? It was, yes. uh, yeah. it good was to interesting you, to, to do this without you like first time ever. So love to have you back. Uh, I also I don't know if you just said it or not, but I realized listening back to the last episode, I forgot to mention that we are on the Buffalo Rumblings network of podcasts.
4: That's right. Hey, forgetting to say that is not a first.
3: (laughs) Yeah. So, so, But we got to we got to say that because they all do good work over there. Over
4: at Buffalo Ramblings. Yeah.
3: Ramblings. Yes.
4: As K Adams would say.
3: Yes. So but yeah, training camp is cool. It's uh, a very intimate experience with the players and the team and the fans and even the little like village they have set up with the shops. Pat got this really cool hat and it's actually kind of a funny story. Uh, (laughs) He goes to grab this hat and the guy's like, that's a woman's hat. And Pat's like, okay, can I, can I see it like and he tries it on and he's rocking it and it's like a, a hawaiian bills hat and it looks really cool and he, and he rocks it really nicely so
2: yeah. and um, one of my very generous friends helped me get the uh, buffalo bills employee discount on that as well um, <laughs> yeah we got 10 off
3: so yeah uh <laughs> that was big big baller something big baller brando. brandon big baller for $2 brando for two dollars <laughs> off yeah, yeah. um but it was cool. The uh, I really think I think it's always cool when we talk to people that are like really active with Buffalo Rumblings, like those two gentlemen that we talked to. They were in their 60s. They came together, yeah. um, and he's like, "Well, Buffalo Rumblings." Uh, he's like, "I've been up till four, three, four in the morning. Yeah. I just can't get enough of any content. I listen to all of it. He was a diehard fan, just like all of us there. And it's cool that it gives an opportunity to people that live." in another place to get that sort of connection. And being able to mingle with Bill's fans has always been a highlight that I like, whether being at working at the stadium, talking to everybody, but that was really cool. Seeing Pat's pier walk was cool afterwards. I saw that uh, to go. To in go in person. In person. In the yeah. flesh. Yeah. He even, um, um,
2: even doodled on the uh, lighthouse at the very end, you know, I wanted to make sure he was able to uh, leave that mark out there forever. He wrote Buffalo rumblings is awesome with a smiley face under it. So if you see that (laughs) with
3: (laughs) with the same Sharpie that Josh Allen and Gabe Davis used to sign some kids jerseys. So um, that was really cool going. If you you go simple and you're just like breaking it down the, the format of it's really cool. They have two big fields of St. John Fisher. The position battles were interesting because the second group, and the first group, Pat, I don't know if you saw this too, but like that second group defense when we saw like Shaq Lawson and, and the second rotation of the D line and the rookie linebacker and the rookie safety. Um, they still they played really well against Case Keenum. He had a couple of nice throws, but the the defense played well. And then the other thing I like too is just watching when they do the, the routes on air and it's like one on one and we did see the tussle, at least I saw it. I saw the tussle with Diggs and Elam. Diggs and Elam had words after both routes that they ran on each other. And Elam was holding, right? We saw that. I don't know if you heard any of the media members talk about that uh, since then. But Diggs was not happy with it. And it's kind of like, you know, you're not going to get away with it in the NFL. So why are you doing it at camp right now? And Diggs is a straight up professional and and competitor. And uh, the the question that I heard, John, is what would you rather have? Would you rather have Elam shutting down Stefan Diggs, who you just paid like a lot of money or would you rather have your rookie corner getting lit up by your star wide receiver? Like, I think I would rather have that. Right. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And it's interesting too, because I mean, again, those two mouthing off at each other, like nobody gets mad at somebody who sucks. So yeah, that's the ultimate quote. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I saw that on Twitter already. Um, so I'm probably repeating that. That's probably derivative in some way, but, uh, the other thing too is like, I don't think that we can expect Kyrie Elam to just come in and, and dominate and look like Trey White his first year. Like Trey White looked good in his first camp. But again, as also somebody said on Twitter, I forget who, Trey White in his first camp was going up against Zay Jones and Kelvin Benjamin and yeah. Jordan Matthews as yeah. quote unquote wide receiver one. So
3: I didn't even think about that. the Quality of competition.
4: Yeah, exactly. And so again, it's the whole McDermott thing that he says over and over again, iron sharpens iron. So Kyrie Elam's going up against some of the best receivers in the league and that's only going to make him better as a rookie and it's only going to acclimate him quicker. So whereas some rookies, if they don't have strong receivers on their team, they might come out first few weeks and struggle because your quality of competition and practice is not what it is on game day. Whereas if you have the Bills receivers, Davis and Diggs, Going up against you every single rep, every single day, and Trey's not there taking those reps. I think that's the best situation for him. You know, it it's is. yeah. His technique is gonna be better. His understanding of the defense is gonna to have to be solid because otherwise, you know, he's gonna mess up quite a bit. But also being in that cornerback one spot that probably has more responsibilities, he'll be a lot more comfortable when it's his time for cornerback two, I feel like, because it'll be it'll be a step back in in, in that kind of level.
3: It's interesting because the system that McDermott runs does not put that much pressure. Well, you see, it's evolved, right? They ran more man-to-man depending on the game, but CB1 and CB2 might have the same assignment if they're playing in a zone. Like if they're playing a one-third zone, then, right. you, know, right. you know, it depends on what it is. But I think it's matchup-based, right? If you got, name whoever, wide receiver one, Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, you're going to have White at least shadow that guy. Like if, But it'll be curious to see how other teams try to target our corners? Are they going to try to isolate Trey? Are they going to try to come after uh, Elam? If you remember when Trey was a rookie and he got lit up by AJ Green, uh, they were moving AJ all over the field to try to get that matchup. And Trey was vulnerable that day and he never had a day like that again. There was another play, Micah Hyde, and the the whole secondary was flying around. Even in in every drill, one-on-ones on air, uh, it was physical too. And you know the drill where it's like you have your corner and your receiver, they run a route, quarterbacks throw. Even in those plays, there was some some plays where I think it was Kumaro came down with the ball on the sideline. And I want to say it was Poyer came over and knocked the ball out like after the catch, which you don't really do that without pads on. But he did. And it was like just that that defensive edge that a number one team like us might bring to a practice that another team might not just having that edge of iron sharpens iron. Speaking of edges, did you see, I mean, we, Bill's Mafia is a huge edge. Obviously we're one of the best fan bases in the NFL toot our own horn, yada, yada, yada. But did you see the
4: picture of Washington's I training did, camp? I did. More porta-potties in that picture than fans, which yeah, was that's embarrassing. pretty, pretty sad. I mean, even, even in the worst drought years, I mean, Bill's training camp was packed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean. it's so depressing. I almost don't even want to get into that. Yeah. Cause it's, you gotta, you gotta feel for that team. And it's kind of a
3: grind, right? These guys, they get up and it's hot out and they're working hard. And, uh, Their day doesn't end at noon with practice. They probably... So this was the other part that was cool. You know, they stay after a lot and they work on their individual stuff. You get the special teamers working on stuff. They do autographs. They do interviews. There was stuff set up on the field. I know Josh did a Peter King interview and he went on One Bills Live. And then you saw Dawson Knox get interviewed and Kent Dorsey. So these guys are working. But one thing that I did see, and I'm sure Pat can comment on it uh, when he... Is thinking about it about, about when he
4: returns. Yeah, when he returns.
3: <laughs> um, the way that uh, Mackenzie played has been uh, like a positive thing. We've we've all been saying that. But one thing that was not advertised is he took Khalil Shakir one on one after practice for about ten minutes on the sideline that we were facing, and they were just talking. They were going through footwork patterns, and it was really cool to see them really in the zone, getting extra work in trying to figure out these little details and everybody's been really high on both of those players. And I think both of those players are going to come in and make an impact, but it was cool to see McKenzie who might not be quote unquote, you know, starter leader, but he is quote, this is quote, not quote unquote, he is quote face of the franchise. And you can see him stepping up, being a leader, helping these young guys out. This is his fourth year in the system. So he probably knows it just as well as, anybody. That was cool to see the the guys showing their friendship on the field. And the other thing that was cool, which Pat, you mentioned this to me, Tyler Bass and Stefan Diggs, they're homies, right? Yep. It was, I felt like, like
2: those, those special teams guys were like amazing athletes. Like we were watching, I mean, I, not that I didn't think that Tyler Bass couldn't sling it, but like, I mean, he really, he really could sling it. And the pun got himself also had a beautiful arm you know is just you, you don't really so we I'll, should be ready for the fake field goals this year literally, that's literally. what we
3: said we talked about it a lot
2: <laughs> yeah i mean it's so
4: funny we used to have this conversation where it's like you know they used to have backup quarterbacks as holders right because that makes sense because you know that guy who's holding it if you're going to run a fake or if you botch a snap and you got to yell fire you know <laughs> having a guy with an arm who can actually throw it is a good thing but hey now that tyler bass is uh even at 50 yards downfield, like that video that you guys sent me.
2: Yeah. That's. yeah, I, I mean, it was Punk impressive. Ad, Punk out of reza was also throwing it. Like, I mean, both of them, I mean, uh, what's his name? Reed Ferguson was trying to whip it. He did reed throws a football like i do but like you know <laughs> there's a clear <laughs> drop
3: off i would there's say a clear between, drop off reed, between the god and, and tyler Bass.
4: well at least he can throw it backwards through his legs pretty far so
3: well,
2: it, uh, was, it was also interesting i i thought um because they were doing some like i guess punt return and punt coverage type stuff and it wasn't a live punt either it was it was a jugs gun which was also interesting how they were doing those reps as well so
3: i couldn't believe how high the ball went through the jugs machine like they aimed the jugs up to the sky and they got it exactly like 55 yard punt and it was it was a spiral it wasn't like end over end um and then they did a couple cool drills where it was like blocking schemes for returners and they they, it was neat to see like the players kind of know you know once you've been on a team for a while you get the routine of certain drills you don't really need them all explained but you know, my version of coaching is I got to get all the kids together, write the drill down on the board. So I wonder if they do any pre-practice prep, like they go through each drill that they're going to do before camp. So they all know, so they can just blow the air horn and just get right into the next one. I want to see what those closed closed door meetings are like, because they seem very efficient. I mean, we have a good coaching staff. We know that, but like everything's timed, even even their stretching breaks, everything had a purpose, all of the offense, the defense, the drills that they did and it was cool to see like a top NFL team put in work if you're if you like coaching at all or you, you spend any sort of time in sports uh, just watching how people do
4: that it's interesting I like it it was worth the drive. I'm trying to remember who was coaching when we last went to training camp. Like lot,
3: That's ca- probably like Dick Johnson's first couple of years. Yeah, that
4: that was probably in Dick Johnson's tenure. And, and it'd be funny, you know, if we could remember more about that. Obviously, it's not a super clear memory because that's like, what, 10 years ago at least. Oh, it's more. Uh, it's so much well, more. Than yeah, that. yeah, more. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um. I mean, if J,
3: JP was there and Trent Edwards was there and McGee was there and Evans was there, it's got to be between... It's got to be like I gotta 06, think it's 07, 06, 07, 07, 07 something like yeah. that.
4: Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure it'd be fun to note the differences in, in practice routine between a McDermott-led practice and uh, you know, that kind of Bills regime. Yeah. But anyway, I got a clip here that you guys sent me that I wanted to uh, play on the episode. And I'll post this video on Twitter as well for our listeners. But I thought it was interesting. So Josh and Gabe Davis were coming around getting autographs and they came by you guys. And Brandon, you asked them both if they had ever had a garbage plate before. And I, I needed was- to know. I was I was a little bit surprised by the response, and I can't believe we haven't talked about this more. All right, play the clip. It's funny.
3: Josh, have you had a garbage plate yet in Rochester? Not yet. Oh, Dave, have you? Dave, you have a garbage plate in Rochester yet? A garbage plate. A
4: garbage plate. cheeseburgers, home fries,
3: mac salad all together. You ever have one? No. Oh, it's a Rochester tradition. Where is it at? Uh, any oh. restaurant that ends in Hots, like Henrietta Hots. Hots. Hots? Yes. You, H-O-T-S.
4: H-O-T-S. Hots. So yeah, neither Gabe Davis or Josh Allen have ever had a garbage plate. Josh Allen had at least heard of it based on his response. He's just Dude, like, he no, I
3: haven't it. had one. He had no interest. It was it was uh, no.
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> i feel like you i feel like you gotta have them go to tahoe's though i feel like if you are gonna yeah. hype up the garbage plate like you should go to the um whatever the the original home of the garbage plate that being said unpopular opinion i really don't like garbage plates at all i feel like they're kind of kind of greasy ooh, ooh, hot take, hot yeah, take. It, you're
3: not you know it's not a hot take to say you
2: don't like one no no it's okay, uh, I mean, it's it's just okay. Just without the meat sauce maybe that's just what gets me Is like the meat sauce yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah. Like when you get to a certain age in your mid twenties, I feel like certain things like that are so, so greasy and so, so like deep fried, stop being as appealing. So Pat, maybe you're more mature than all of us at this point. <laughs> Pat,
2: what'd but, you get instead of the garbage plate though? Yeah, no, I got chicken tenders. instead <laughs> oh, of the garbage. Zero okay. maturity. Zero <laughs> maturity. Just, That's funny. I like the home fries. I would probably eat just the home fries, but uh, for for those
3: of you that know the story of Josh's turkey burgers, you can also get a garbage That's plate. That's what I was thinking. Burger. I was like, like did,
4: did you ask him, like, would you get a garbage plate with turkey burger? On I'm telling it? I mean, you. He was walking by. So, you so obviously didn't fast.
3: Time, Zero interest. There was a we were with a bunch of kids that were really like they're cute and they were nice and yeah. respectful. And he was signing only stuff for kids, which is fine. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you listened to WDR about the autograph thing in the last 48 hours. Like. They've had oh, like a,
4: I, I've heard him talk about it before. I obviously haven't been able to listen to GR for, for a little bit here, but yeah. I had a guy it's call like,
3: in and complain that Josh was only signing stuff for kids. And then it, it was like autograph gate. Like everybody decided to call in with their opinion on it saying it was like stupid or not stupid, whatever. But gosh, he was yeah. so nice. Like they, they were very nice to these kids, but Gabe Davis sat and talked to like, Everybody, Like he did it yeah. for a long time. He went all the way around the whole row. He gave me the time of day. And I uh, I did also tell him, I don't know. I don't think it's on the clip. But I was like, listen, man, the route that you ran to score your fourth touchdown in the playoff game was like one of the greatest routes I've ever seen live. Uh, and he just kind of looked at me. I don't know. He didn't really yeah. say, say you know, what was the about.
2: craziest thing for me was like when I saw Gabe Davis, you don't, you, you can't really gauge someone's size on TV. But I mean, yes, he was tall. I mean, he's probably like six two, six three. But like the distance between his spine and solar plex, like the thickness <laughs> of this man, like mm. not only was he like wide across, but just like thick, like throughout. Dude, I was like, ah, oh, dude, he must well, really. Reportedly, hit the
4: weights. he put on he put on quite a bit of muscle this off season. I mean, most guys do in the off season, but he was, you know how. You know, we were, last year. It was Devin Singletary. We were talking about coming in, but this year it, it seems to be Gabe Davis who has uh, worked on his his physique the most. So, I mean, I guess that remains to be seen. I just does he, he looks a little bit more like DK Metcalf now, doesn't he? Yeah, like I'm not saying like on the field, on DK,
3: but but even on the field, yeah, he didn't lose a step or anything. No, and and he was making nice catches the whole time. Uh, but it, that's a good comp, I think, even if we didn't get that to start with, like if that's his ceiling being that size with that speed, making those contested catches as a possession wide receiver that Josh Allen knows he can trust to put the ball somewhere in the vicinity of Gabe Davis and he can go make a play uh, that could be huge. And that's the development that you need out of a fourth round pick.
4: Yeah. I'm I'm excited about Gabe. Uh, Did you guys see anything else that kind of stuck out that you didn't anticipate besides, you know, the usual, you know, Josh slinging it, defense usually run in the day uh, early in training camp, that kind of stuff. I just thought it was
2: really interesting. Um, Sorry, I was taking a phone call there, making sure I could pick up my car from the shop. But I don't know if you guys talked about it all. Like the Marquez Stevenson, Khalil Shakir action going on. I mean, it was really interesting. I thought Khalil Shakir, like, and the other thing I'll give Isaiah McKenzie credit for is like, that's the same thing with Cole Beasley. Like the, the amount of, you know, class that you would have to be like, yo, I'm going to work with this guy, even if he takes playing time away from me, because it would be better for the team. Like I, I, really respect that, and I, I, don't know. I, I felt like Shakir really was uh, physically, you know, uh, between him and Marquez Stevenson, definitely, you know, a little bit more of a specimen. But it was, it was interesting to see, you know, I guess the three of them kind of work together. I felt like, you know, it was it was a lot of those three um, on one end, and then the other thing that I will say that did kind of stink is that like they were like alternating which sides, um, you know, practices would be going on, you know, ones versus twos on one side and stuff. So, um, didn't get to see a whole lot of action with like Gabe and Stefan, like, you know, within eye shot, but it was cool to see, you know. The thing whatever. that was interesting
3: too, Pat, when we saw that the routes, they were running, uh, yeah, like corner fades on air. Yeah. And Stevenson was open and Keenum missed him. And he like visibly dropped an F bomb that we heard and like slapped his hands together and like waved to Keenan with his hands up, like in the corner of the end zone after the play it was already dead. So there was some frustration there. And you you look at a guy trying to make the team, right? And uh, it's a battle. It's a constant job interview. Could you imagine the stress and the anxiety that that might put on somebody? Just You walk out there, this guy's your friend, but he might take your
2: job and you might be in a new city with new people all around you two weeks from now. I mean, it'll be interesting to see though, because I think another thing worth noting is that when they were doing um, that special teams, whatever, I guess you could say session. Um, it did seem like Marquette Stevenson was taking a majority of the kickoff and punt return reps. So it, I don't know if you're interesting to see how that goes. I mean, I don't think you can start off, um, a special teams career much better than he did last season, you know, taking one of the house before blowing out his ankle, but I, di- I didn't, see Isaiah McKenzie back there at all, which was just, I, I thought that was really interesting. But
4: yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I, you know, we've talked about this before on the pod, but uh, would love to see Isaiah McKenzie not have to do that stuff. Maybe if he wants to be like the second kick returner, if they're putting two guys back there or something like that. Um, but punt returns, you know, that that fumble in the New England game and a couple other things. I know you can't fault the guy for one fumble and other guys have, have even more than that. But would love if Isaiah didn't have to be back there taking punts because it seems like with this regime, when they got somebody taking back punts, they usually uh, dial back their role in the offense. You know, they don't like having a guy who's a big role in the offense and the kick returner at the same time they usually like having one or the other so yeah that's cool i'm glad you guys had a great time big shout out to matt hill one of our listeners who got us the tickets and hooked us up yeah so uh yeah,
3: ups to you Very Matt Hill. Appreciative. but yeah and i got my garbage plate with pat too so that was
4: cool. nice nice yeah. there you go yeah. there you go hopefully hopefully josh and gabe will soon discover a garbage plate but they're probably eating too healthy right now who knows yeah. i never know if those guys really like because some guys really eat healthy and some guys just eat all the calories that they burn through the day, which is like you ha- kind of have to eat some unhealthy stuff at some point unless you're, you know, Mr. Uh, AARP down there in Florida.
3: There's no way that a lineman or a linebacker or a receiver, maybe outside of things, like you have to eat probably like 5000 calories a day to keep weight for them. And they're trying to build, yeah. right? They're trying to build. So They got to be eating. And there's, there's, you know, if you eat one garbage plate in a week, like, are you really going to be?
4: Yeah. Yeah. No. (laughs) So, I love it. All right. Well, let's get a quick break in here and then, uh, we'll be right back. We'll do some quotes with Pat. So stick around.
1: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29.com.
2: Thank you boys for sticking around. I got some fire quotes for you today. The first one comes from someone with a very iconic voice. Um, This quote is in regards to throwing a lot of interceptions to start a season. This player said, It starts with me. It's something I've not usually done in my career, but I have to reevaluate where I'm at and what decisions I'm making. It starts with me. It's something I've not usually done in my career, but I have to reevaluate where I'm at. What decisions I'm making.
3: I actually right, gotta see. guess. Nate Peterman.
2: No.
4: Pat, I think you think that Brett Favre has kind of an iconic voice. Is it is it Brett Favre? No. No? Okay. Jameis? I feel like that, that that's 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 the best hint we have is the iconic voice. And somebody who threw a lot of interceptions. Because oh. just based on interceptions, I would have gone Jameis Winston, but
2: Well, it uh, might just be that in one period of his career he was throwing a lot of interceptions. I don't I don't know. But um trying to think
4: let's see fitzy through interceptions throughout his career did this player ever play for the bills
2: no no okay, okay. against them on several occasions but let's see. he's a player that's still playing oh is it patrick mahomes pat mahomes yes there we go okay iconic iconic voice uh, it starts with <laughs> me it's it's something i haven't usually done in my career but i uh i have to reevaluate where i'm at uh what decisions i'm making
3: <laughs> that's funny that's
2: yeah. funny this, uh, this second quote comes from someone in training camp talking about negative press he was receiving. I don't know any of those guys. So if that's what they have to say, then good for them. That's probably a good thing for them to say. They draw people for clickbait or whatever that is. To me, if I can't hear you, then you're not important to me. If you're in my circle and I can hear you, what you're saying, then obviously you've got to be extremely important to me. So if I can't hear it, then it's probably not important. Kyler Murray? No, because Kyler Murray can hear everything. He has supersonic hearing. He's the greatest hearer in the history of people that can hear, but um, no, it's not, it's not (laughs) not Kyler. All right. Um, Let
4: me, let me take another guess. Uh, Antonio Brown. Nope.
2: Baker. Nope.
4: Oh, that was a good guess.
2: I mean, those are all guys that get negative press consistently. So good, good guesses. Is this,
4: uh, is this the guy who's playing quarterback in Cleveland? this year no okay um Tua yes yeah oh nice he said this on his
3: on his uh what did he say that on his podcast
2: yeah no Tyreek's podcast Tyreek Hill's
3: podcast which is garbage uh by the way if you guys are
2: wondering (laughs) (laughs) so that was Mr. Tua I got one more quote for you boys I guess the way I'd describe it is when basketball players talk about being in the zone and they feel like they can't miss. That's the way a running back feels when the game is in slow motion. It feels like every cut is right. Every run is going to be at least 10 yards. You see what the defense is doing. You know what they're trying to do to you. It's awesome. Hmm. From Waco, Texas. I know that's a very broad clue, but that's, that's all I'll give you.
3: Interesting. Waco, Texas. What's in Waco, Texas?
2: Derrick Henry? No, Derrick Henry's from Alabama.
4: But, okay. Um, I knew he went to college there. I just didn't know if he was actually uh from there.
3: Does this player play in the NFL still?
2: Uh he does not. he's retired? He is retired. He's considered one of the greatest at his position, possibly ever. Ladanian Tomlinson. You know, yes, that is Ladanian Tomlinson. Um, nice. Wait, really? Yeah, it is, LT. Wow, dude, LT. I I think about that sometimes, man. Like to to rush for twenty eight touchdowns in a year. No one will ever do it again. No one, no one. Two thousand yards and twenty eight touchdowns.
3: I don't think anyone's gonna get the opportunity to.
2: Yeah, I just don't think people do this.
3: Let's look at LT's carries. Um, all right. I mean, this man got three hundred carries. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven times, and then he got two hundred and ninety two. And then he got 219 and 220. So this guy got, in his record-breaking year, he got 348 carries, five and a half yards per carry, 113 yards per game, MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, All-Pro. Yes. Yeah.
2: I mean, it is it is worth noting that he did not rush for 2,000 yards. I'm sorry, I take that back. It is Terrell Davis I am thinking of. Um, I believe he had 25 rushing touchdowns and 2,000 yards rushing. But still, I mean, that's pretty impressive, 113 yards per game. I mean, and 28 touchdowns is insane. So, you know, I I had to show him some love. I don't know. I even liked LT when he was in the twilight of his career with the Jets. I mean, I don't know if you guys remember uh, like the hype that LT had around him coming up. Like as a kid, I remember him just being like a mythical, like just absolutely. And you know what the crazy thing about LT was too, is that like LT was so good that it didn't even matter when the chargers went from Drew Brees to Phillip Rivers. Like it literally did not matter. Yeah. 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 Crazy times. All right.
4: Well, I think that's going to do it for this one. You guys know where to find us on Twitter at NotBuff Podcast. Share any uh, training camp stuff you got with us. We're super excited heading into this. When is the first preseason game? How far away are we? Well, I'm sorry, that, am, like two weeks. I'm on vacation. I am like I am spending like five minutes on Twitter a day, so I am not caught up. Yeah, Twitter's not but, good for your mental health. Uh, August 13th, <laughs> they play the Colts. I believe it's Kids Day. Sweet. So we got almost
3: two weeks. Nice.
4: Yeah. Begin the countdown. Buffalo Bill season is pretty much underway. We are excited. We are actually celebrating our one-year anniversary as a podcast. I think the first episode came out somewhere around a year today. We created the Twitter like a year ago today, so or a year ago yesterday. So, so that's that's cool. This is episode ninety-five. So, stay uh,
2: tuned for our hundredth episode extravaganza. I know. Who
4: knows what we're going to do? I feel like we're we're going to set expectations way too high and then just do a regular episode because we'll be busy with stuff but we will see uh you know <laughs> it'd be cool on a 100th episode uh you know to do like we should just have on all the guests we've ever had on which is only one person anthony marino <laughs> so, anthony anthony unless you count brandon because the first time brandon came on he was a guest technically yeah, and guest. uh we just held on to him for the next 90 episodes so uh i like that i like yeah. that yeah. but all right well thanks guys for listening and uh have a great weekend and go bills well, am yeah. yeah. yeah.